Tabitha eyed her friend. You honestly thought you could deter them? I had hoped, Daphne confessed. And if that failed, I thought my new bonnet would distract them. She tipped her head to show the green silk bonnet with its grey ribbon off to advantage. Tabitha was used to Daphne's preening and laughed. (laughs) You convinced your father to advance your allowance, didn't you? Her friend grinned unrepentantly, blue eyes alight, her gloved hand rising to touch the jaunty brim. Yes, and worth every shilling, Daphne declared. I was afraid Papa wouldn't relent before Miss Fielding discovered it and snatched it up for herself. And you know how ill she looks in green. Tabitha laughed. The rivalry between Daphne and Miss Fielding grew deeper with each passing year. I think it would look perfect on you, Daphne said in an off-handed way. You could try it on when we get to Lady Essex's. She glanced over at Tabitha, her gaze filled with kindness, her teeth holding her lower lip as she waited. Knowing exactly what her friend intended, Tabitha shook her head. You know I cannot consider such a thing. You recall how my aunt was when you gave me those gloves last winter. They weren't charity, Daphne declared, her brow now furrowed. And neither would this be. Tis only that you haven't had a new hat in... Two years, Tabitha replied, or a new gown, or shoes, or stockings. Truly, I don't mind. Well, I do, Daphne shot back. Your aunt and uncle should be ashamed of how they begrudge you even scraps. What could Tabitha say? It was all true. Her aunt and uncle had been more than happy to gain the elevated position of her father's living when he died. But the guardianship of his penniless daughter? Not in the least, being childless themselves. Aunt Allegra, who had not a motherly bone in her body, even liked to complain that her niece took up too much space in the corner of the attic they'd graciously allotted for her to sleep in. Not that Tabitha minded her attic hideaway, for it was where her mother's trunks were tucked away. Their closeness allowed Tabitha to occasionally catch a hint of her mother's violet perfume those moments as elusive as her memories of the willowy beauty who had died of a fever when Tabitha had been so very young. Every time your uncle gives a sermon on charity, I want to stand up and call him an overbearing hypocrite, Daphne said. You're incorrigible, Tabitha scolded, though only half-heartedly, for if anyone had her best interests at heart, it was Daphne. Who is incorrigible? Miss Harriet Hathaway asked as she joined them where Meadow Lane met High Street. In true Harriet fashion, her hem was muddy, her gown slightly rumpled, her bonnet askew, and on one of her pink cheeks was a smudge of something. She'd probably realised the time and come dashing out of the potage stables without a second glance toward a mirror. Lady Essex was guaranteed to be put out by her protégé's untidy appearance. Her ladyship had high hopes of taking Harriet to London, and finding her a grand match, though hardly anyone in Kempton put much stock in such notions. After all, this was Harry Hathaway they were talking about. I am, Daphne told her, and then deftly changed the subject. I bought a new bonnet. Harriet spared it a glance. Oh yes, so you have. Isn't that the one you showed me last week in Mrs. Welling's window? Daphne nodded. Lovely, isn't it? 
Taking another look, Harriet asked, Yes, but I thought it had a feather trim on it. I removed it, Daphne said quietly, tipping her head nonchalantly at Mr. Muggins. Tabitha cringed. She loved her dog dearly, but he had no notion that a feathered trim on a police or a jaunty quill tucked in the brim of a hat was not attached to an actual bird. When he'd ravaged three of Aunt Allegra's hats not long after she'd arrived, the lady had threatened to have the grizzled-faced beast cast out, only to find the entire village of Kempton and a good portion of the population from the surrounding villages refusing to take that red devil of a dog in, much to Tabitha's relief. Eventually, the indignant lady had done as Daphne had and removed the remaining feathers from all her hats. Even the indomitable Lady Essex removed the feathers from her favourite turban before she would wear it to a society meeting.